This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast ahead of this Sunday's Super Sunday Clash at Kenworth Road. It is Luton Town versus Manchester United. And Jamie, you'll remember this. I look back to our predictions at the start of the campaign and this is the one I outlined as our, our biggest surprise of the season. Although looking at it now, um, I don't think a Luton victory would be that much of a surprise. Of course, I'm here with Jamie Castle and Finley Cannon. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, good. I think you've got to be excited against uh, teams like Manchester United at Kenworth Road. I think um, our record against the top six this year, albeit from a results perspective, obviously isn't great. But from from a performance standpoint, we've been f- fairly good. Um, so yeah, Super Sunday, Sky Sports cameras, 4.30, probably under the lights given the time of year we are. Um, bring it on. Finn, how are you? As, as Jamie says there, it's an exciting one. Um, our last Super Sunday was quite super, so uh, more of the same. Yeah, as Jamie said, it's an ex- exciting week for Luton. Uh, the prime TV slot on for the Premier League, so it's going to be a massive one at Kenilworth Road and hopefully the atmosphere reflects that. Yes, it's going to be exciting. Um, we mentioned that that Liverpool game and how we turned up for that. Of course, we're on the back of a disappointed defeat against Sheffield United, but that does not matter because we tend to respond very, very well. Let's go on to this fixture in a little bit more detail. And we've, we've mentioned the word exciting already, and that's exactly what it is, playing the biggest club 
in your home city, Jamie, the biggest club in London, um, as they're commonly referred to. But Manchester United, biggest club in England. It's when you get into the Premier League, you look out for a fixture like this, um, like your Liverpools, like your Arsenal's. Um, massive, massive opportunity as well, I think, when we look at this and, and think how we can tackle this fixture. Um, we've seen us press high against Brighton. We've seen us really take our offensive game to teams in, in recent weeks. You expecting more of the same here? Yeah, for sure. Um, as you say, I think the, uh, the, the, the motorway down from Manchester is going to be pretty quiet at the weekend, given most of them are based in, based in London. Um, but uh, I think from a Luton perspective, it's probably the perfect game to bounce back from such a disappointing game the last time out. Um, okay, you could get quote unquote easier matchups. Like, you, of course, you'd you'd like to have a, a game at home like against the Palace and Everton, which would be deemed a winnable game. But this is also winnable. I think let's let's not get. Um, overawed by them, I think. Yeah, they're in some great form. They do have some fantastic players. That's it's it's tough to not get bogged down in the media discourse, sort of both the the positives and the negatives to, to this Manchester United side. But they are beatable. I think you, you, you've seen this season on multiple occasions how you can get at them. They are a bit brittle at times, um, and ironically, when when they play their their so-called squad players like Scott McTominay is, is when they actually do better, right? So um, let's hope Eric Ten Hag goes down the sort of the, the strongest 11 route and plays your Antonis and your, your Bruno Fernandes because I think if they do, they're going to get one hell of a shock at the weekend. And Finn, we mentioned there and, and Jamie said it there that it's, it's a fixture that we can look forward to after the disappointment at Sheffield United. And it's true, isn't it? Because we've you know, we're, we're playing a team that naturally will, you know, bring about a buzz. Playing Manchester United will make sure that, that Kenworth Road is rocking come Sunday. And it's just an opportunity to beat a side that, that could be caught in the headlights a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking back to Sheffield United, everything about it was flat. The performance, the atmosphere. And I think that was because it's one of those ones where we were the favourites. And when we're the favourites, no one... We just don't know what to do when we're favourites. No one gets behind the team as much as they do when we're chasing something. So going up against a team like Man United, there are a lot of people's least favourite teams. Apart from, they've got, got a lot of Man United fans all over the country. But if you support another club, you look down on Man United. You don't like Man United. You don't like their fans. And it'll be one where Kenilworth Road should be absolutely rocking. They'll be right on top of them. They'll be hopefully making the Man United players incredibly uncomfortable to be there. They won't. We don't want them enjoying their time in Luton. We want them to want to get away as soon as possible. And hopefully they'll go away without three points. Um, I think it is an absolute huge opportunity. We love making statements against these big clubs and we've got some big games against a lot of big clubs coming up in the next few weeks. So it is a great opportunity to make another statement. And whether that is with a win, with a draw or just an, a brilliant performance, we just need to bounce back from what we what happened against Sheffield United. We Everyone was disappointed by what happened. And I'm sure the players were just as disappointed as well. Um, the crowd was pretty flat, as I mentioned before, and I don't think that will be the case on Sunday. And Jamie, we, we mentioned this Manchester United game and we mentioned the fact that, you know, we've got all these stars again coming to Kenilworth Road. But is this the time that we finally beat one of these traditional top six sides? It's so good 
you know, playing well against Arsenal and Man City and, and getting a draw against Liverpool. But, you know, if we are to, to make a really big statement, does it come only with three points? Um, I, I think a point would be a good outcome. I think, OK, you want you want three to make up for that Sheffield United game. But I mean, if you look at our record against the top six performance-wise, I think we've certainly deserved a win out of that. I think if you look at teams around us that have managed to get points against the top six sides, I think they've not played as good against those teams and managed to cook, managed to come away with the points. I think the teams that we've actually come up that we've that we've that we've come up against in the top in the top six, they've actually been fairly good on the day, but we've also been just as good. It's not been a case of they've been subpar. I think that Spurs game, they probably did deserve to win that game. To to be fair, I think I'm not sure we we can say we deserve that we we deserve to get something, despite all the chances that that we did miss. That Eli one comes to mind. I think the Liverpool game, yeah, devastating. We were so close from a massive three points that who knows how that would have changed our season. But I, I think the players can certainly be disappointed to not get all three in that one. Arsenal, I think again probably a bit a bit tighter, but. Did Arsenal deserve to win? Probably not. I think a point would, would have been fair. Um, Man City, I mean, not many teams lead Man City at half-time, right? So to go in one up, albeit on the stroke at half-time, and they did look good. Um, yeah, so I think despite the way the, the results look, so what's that? That's one draw and three defeats against those four, plus the Chelsea, which, which is the 3-2. So that's one draw and four defeats. So despite the results, I think the, the performances have definitely deserved more than just one point against those five teams. Um, so hopefully the luck, the fortunes in our favourite the weekend. And you know what, it'd be typical Luton just to sort of like scrub a 1-0 win despite not deserving it, right? Um, but if, if that happens, then bring it on. I'm Finn, Manchester United are a team that have had their off-field dramas all throughout this season and, and probably stretching into last season Eric Ten Hag was appointed as the man to as well as get Manchester United playing um, an exciting brand of football he was also brought in to sort of deal with those sort of internal matters and, and try and you know eradicate that from from Brit being brought onto the pitch um, how would you assess how he's done as a manager do you think that you know United are a team better off with him or, or do you think that you know, they could be in the club they are, they they could have somebody else in who could be doing a better job. It's difficult to judge that one, really. He's had so many issues to work with and to deal with since he joined the club. And I'm sure he didn't expect to have that quantity of problems and the severity of some of them, which I won't mention. Um, you have to say he, he has managed it fairly well. The Jaden Sancho situation, I think he could have managed much better, I think that whole situation was an absolute mess and the way that unfolded, the support Sancho got when he left for Dortmund, even if it was only on loan as well, shows just how well thought of he is amongst other players and that really does raise questions. Um, off the pitch in terms of the running of the club, I think Luton and Manchester United could not be any more different than they are in terms of the attitude towards the owners, the, the way the owners treat the club, the, the general respect between the two and uh, you look at Gary Sweet and the board and everybody absolutely loves um, what Luton have. And then you look at Man United and they've got protests week after week after week about the Glazers. And they've only just had a, a change, even if it is only a minor change at the club. So it's really completely different situations. And in terms of Ten Hag, I think I th still think it's too early to judge, but how long can you give someone at a club the size of Manchester United and constantly say it's too early to judge? Do they have a 
style of football that he's really established, what is it he's looking to play? It just seems he's brought in a lot of players from Ajax and other Eredivisie teams and hasn't that much changed. Yeah, it's it's probably a good pod for Kieran to not be on, right? I think Kieran would be uh, singing his praises, but I think Finn raises a fair point. If you look at the managers that have gone before, um, Mourinho, you got Solskjaer. I think I, I don't think Ten Hag's record has been much better than than those two. Um, so there probably is a case to argue in terms of financially, Ten Hag's had a lot more support than than Mourinho did. Mourinho was shouting from the rooftops for a centre half. Like he, he was, it was like give me, give me money for a centre half. Didn't get it. Got sacked. Now. Ten Hag has had the money for Hoyland, Martinez. Um, he's he's brought in players like players like Casemiro, and still, performances haven't quite been. Oh, it's too any better. You got Rashford, who who should be one of England's finest talents. He he, he should be on par with your Phil Foden's and and your Bukayo Saka's, and he's just don't know. It, I mean, I, the the issue is also personal. I think there there is something there. At the minute with Rashford mentally, I'm not sure if there's a block in, in his head at the minute. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate. I think he, he deserves the, the, the more respect than he's probably getting from from sort of the, the general fan base and, and and media circuit. But fundamentally, as a manager, you need to be putting your arm around a, around someone like Rashford because he's got the, the the makings of a world class player. You look at your Mbappe; he's got all the all the attributes of an Mbappe, sort of in terms of physically and technically. So. Yeah, I, I think there there were definitely things to question there with regards to man management. And speaking about Mbappe, Luton will be lining themselves up after <laughs> the news broke out today that there's this expectation that that he will leave come the summer. But but back onto serious business, ten points from four games. So we, we've been speaking about Manchester United in a bit of a negative light, the things that have been going on off the pitch, how that sort of damaged things. But but actually in 2024. They've had a promising start. They're again going to be knocking on the door of, of I say, Champions League places. But you know, there's still a, a way way to go until we can start classifying them as as top four challenges once again. But it has been a very positive start. Um, Finn, just coming to you, where do you see the threats coming from Manchester United? Because we speak of these players with with you know incredible heights to their talent, but. You know, they're not always showing that this season. Is this consistency factor something as well that that comes into play? And and how will these sort of talented individuals get on at Kenilworth Road? Yeah, there is that thing. There is a lot of talent in that Manchester United team, and when they do perform like they have done in recent weeks, they are a very very good side. The likes of Hoyland, the likes of uh, Kobe Minu, and even Garnacho. I think the problem with Manchester United, amongst all those talented players, there's a lot of dead wood and there's a lot of incredibly arrogant players who haven't performed to anywhere near their abilities. And that's where I think a lot of people dislike this Manchester United team, the arrogance and the egos in that team. And it's the same for a lot of teams, but most of the teams with those egos in the Premier League, when you look at it, are performing and they have a right to be a bit arrogant. But when you've got players like Bruno Fernandes, for example, who is an incredibly good player and he, when he's at his best, he's one of the best players in the league. But when he's not at his best and he's their captain as well, he just doesn't look like he cares at times or he doesn't look like, he just doesn't look like the player he can be. And then the likes of Anthony as well. They paid so much for Anthony and he really doesn't offer much at all. Uh, I would rather have an Obene in my team who you know is going to work harder than anyone than an Anthony, for example. 
Um, that's just the arrogance of some of those players that causes problems for fans, I imagine. But they have, as I mentioned before, they have got some incredibly talented individuals, particularly the young players. And Jamie, away from home, Manchester United have still posted 19 points from 12 games, but sandwiched in those 12 games are five losses. Is that where is that where you're looking at in terms of you know routes in for Luton to to attack this game? If you're Rob Edwards, are you looking at their away form and, and thinking there's a real opportunity for us to go at them in a similar vein to to a Brighton? I think the answer is yes, but not because of their away form. I think you almost forget home and away form. I think you look at the the games that we've had against the the so-called big sides, like I said, the Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Three teams there that are at the top of their game. Three fantastic sides who all quite rightly are going for the Premier League title. Um, and look at the performances that we put in against those teams that have had good away forms, that have had good home forms, who have had, who have scored goals for fun, who have been fairly... I mean, City haven't been the best defensively this season, but Arsenal's defence has, has been pretty good. They've kept up a lot of clean sheets, yet we scored three past them. Like It, it shows that on our day that's how good we can play so yeah may United come to town and we can get at them we can have a we can have some joy against them but not because they're they're brittle away from home and they've lost five this season that's because of how good we can be now okay in terms of recency bias we've lost to Sheffield United which was a, a really really tough defeat to take but I think you need, you need to look beyond that and the, the games before that I think again Chelsea probably a question mark certainly first half you should you, we should have got into the situation that, that we had but we bounced back and got it to 3-2. And if there was probably five, ten more minutes, we probably would have got it to 3-3. Three, three. Um, Newcastle did probably less fluid in terms of, of a performance, but still played really well. Kept our structure, got got a massive win. Same with Palace, I thought was probably less fluid than the, 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 than the game like Chelsea at times. But actually on the break, we looked really fluid, um, but still got, got the big three points. Um, so I think at the weekend it's all about trying to find that balance. But we'll try to have that 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 sort of um, attacking threat that we that we look, we we do look good in attack at times, and we're trying to transition into this more free flowing teams. But we also need to make sure that we we keep our structure, keep our defence, because in those two games against Palace and Newcastle, that's what we did and got the three points. Whereas Sheffield United, we probably forgot about that side of the game a little bit and and got found out. Um, and you, you can't be off it in this league, certainly not Luton Town. I think if you're a Man City, you can be off it and still still get three points, but we're, we're nowhere near that. So we need to be on from the start, um, do the defensive side really well, and then build from that base. And if we do, I'm, I'm fairly confident that we can get at least a point from this game, if not all three. And Jamie, we're becoming a bit more of a difficult outfit to plan for, given the fact that at the start of the season, it was our sort of game plan was built on resilience and, and breaking with pace, sitting deep and, and really trying to exploit channels. It's become completely different with, with um, Lukonga and Barclays' partnership flourishing. We've become this, this more possession-orientated, um, a team that, that can ask questions in a different way does that make it more difficult for, for United? Does that, you know, add a layer of complication for, for Ten Hag to approach this game? Yeah, I think so. And and not to label a point in terms of the Sheffield United game, I think they they had the ability to prepare for us in terms of the attacking threat because they knew that they'd come to us. That's just as, as a basic, do those basics right, defend really well, and then on the break, try and find holes and, and counter really well, which they did and deserve their three goals. Well, two goals. Because of the penalty, um, 
Whereas Man United, they're probably thinking, well, how can we get a little? And maybe we need to leave gaps at the back in, in some areas to be able to, um, to to cause some threat going forward. Now, those gaps are going to suit us really well and, and we're going to be looking at how we can then exploit their gaps. So I think for Man United there, it makes it a bit tougher because unlike Sheffield United, they come to us thinking we need to get the three points here if we're going to get into Europe. Um, so they're going to be focusing about how they break us down. Now they're going to potentially prepare for us as if we played against Sheffield United, but there's no way we're going to leave, we're going to leave the gaps against May United that we did against Sheffield United. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it does make it more difficult. I hope it adds a layer of complexity for, for Ten Hag. Um, and I hope that he gets one or two things wrong tactically, leaves a few holes at the back for your Eli's and your, your Chios to exploit. We're going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we'll take more of a focus on the Hatters and we'll also look into a couple of players that have a United connection. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back in for part two of today's episode and let's continue looking at Luton as we head into this important Premier League fixture. We've spoken about a reaction, Finn, a reaction from the Sheffield United game given, you know, a week ago we were we were in such high heights speaking about how good we are and you know just living the dream and then um of course the Sheffield United game came and, and sort of dented our positivity somewhat it's, it's hard and it always comes down to, to the famous never too high never too low but it, it's so hard on in, in this sort of Premier League journey not to get attached to that roller coaster where you know, every high is 10 times higher and every low is, is that much lower. Um, where's your head at with this fixture in terms of, you know, how, how confident can you be going into it from, from a Luton perspective? Well, first of all, the result against Sheffield United obviously wasn't good and like we didn't get the three points, but I think the grounding is almost what we needed. We don't want to be going into games of arrogance, really. We want to be, we perform better when we go in as an underdog almost uh, with not as much expectation on us. And I think that grounding from that result and the performance as well is probably what we needed, making sure everyone is really at it for this weekend and next week and all the games after that. Because we can't put in performances every week that are going to be 100%. It's not possible in the Premier League. As much as we'd like to say it is, um, it generally doesn't happen. Most teams can't do it. Um but in terms of this fixture, I think Man United are a beatable team. You can affect them. The crowd can affect them. Uh, more so at Old Trafford, probably, where the crowd are really either not behind them at all or just completely on top of them. But you look at... It's a, it's a different example to use, but in their FA Cup game at Newport County, when the crowd were really on top of them, 
their ground's a bit unusual there at Newport, but along the sides, it's it's a bit like Luton along the sides. They're right on top of them. It's packed out and it's quite hostile. And I think that can have an impact on that this Man United team. They're not going to be popular at Kenilworth Road. And I think the hostility, we really need to make it as hostile as possible, almost reflective of the Sunderland game last season. If we want to get something from it, we will need that 12th man from the crowd. And then on the pitch, I think we perform better against teams that looked for the ball and looked to attack more. Because as Jamie mentioned, we can exploit those space, those spaces in behind. And when they've got back, I don't know who's going to be in their defence because they've got so many issues of injuries in that defence, constantly changing. But when they've got someone like Maguire, you can take advantage of his lack of pace, which has been widely talked about. And then there's questions over whether Luke Shaw will play or who else will play at left-back. And Chia will be looking at that and he must be licking his lips at the possibility of just having space to run into. Because when we, as I mentioned, when we play against those teams that come up come up at us and there's that space in behind, that is when we thrive. And looking, Jamie, at our ability to, to really inflict damage in the latter stages of games, I, I read this stat the other day that only Liverpool have scored more goals after the 75th minute mark than Luton. It's a very good, very good stat to, to have in your favour. Um, and it, it sort of reflects in a way the fact that, that we do keep things competitive tight and then we do have those, those energy levels and fitness levels. And I guess a clinical edge that that um, not every team has in this league. That reads well, doesn't it? When you when you think this could be quite a competitive fixture, it has the makers to be a competitive fixture. The fact that we have this this you know proven ability to to go and score late on that would be something that would be of some concern to to United. Sure, and I think it gives adds value to why we should, I guess play a bit more of a defensive game at the weekend, keep keep that structure because we know we've got that ability to play the full 90. Now, I think on the, the main out of defence, I think they're having a bit of a def- of sort of a, an injury issue at the minute. I think Luke Shaw's not going to make the weekend. So probably put Dallo left back because I've not got Malassia there either. Um, not got regular because he's, he's now at, at Brentford, um, which means probably Lindelof right back and then for Ryan Maguire centre half. Um, so... It's, it can be got at as players there that, that will leave spaces if in the last 10-15 minutes they're, they're pushing for a goal at 0-0 um, might even take one of them off for a more attacking player um, so yeah I, I definitely think there's there's value in keeping it keeping it tight keeping it 0-0 half time if possible or if we can nick a goal even better because um, if we get to that last 15 minutes at 0-0 the crowd will be well up for it will be Back in the boys, we'll probably be be bringing on a, a few more of the the attacking players like 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 your Chongs, for example. Um, and I think I think we can get something on the counter. They're going to leave even more spaces because they're going to be pushing for the three points, thinking that they that they need to get these three points at the weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I can certainly see value in that. And I think the last fifteen minutes is going to be a, a a big part of the game. Or I hope so because that means it's it's not over before them. And Finn, there's been a fair bit of consistency within our starting 11s in, in recent weeks. We've named the, the same team um, in, in the last game, bar, bar the sort of the Reese burke Mengi situation. Um, what are you expecting come this game? Of course, the Sheffield United loss in isolation was disappointing, but there's no real expectation that there'll be wholesale changes just because just because of one bad performance. 
No, in terms of changes to the team, there's not that much you can expect. Uh, midfield is not going to change, really, unless we pick up an injury. Hopefully not. Um, the only change I could see, and it's potential to take advantage of those wide areas where they do have problems with injuries, I can see, see us going back to a free up front with a Chio on the right, um, because Kabore has been back for a few weeks now. Um, we've got Hashi as well. I'm not sure if he's ready to play yet, but we've got options at right wing back, which allows us to push Chio forward. And I think that's really where he's at his best. He has been playing really well at right wing back, but he's at his best when he's on that right wing, when he can really get in behind and just have the freedom to attack. Um, I can see Jordan Clark dropping out potentially. He's, he was really good against Newcastle and Brighton, but he struggled against Sheffield United. And I can see that change coming in just to give us that different option in attack. And it really takes advantage of their problems out wide. Um, it'd be interesting to see if what Kabore would be like if he comes back in before he went off to AFCON. There were times where he looked really good. There were other times where he looked a bit shaky and you didn't know what he was going to do. But we know he's got the ability. He wouldn't have been on the books of Manchester City if he didn't. So I'm sure he'd be up for a game like this. He performed very well at AFCON by all accounts. He was winning a lot of penalties by the looks of it. Um, but you'd like to see potentially us go back to that three that up front, which did do really well against those big sides. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there because with, with Clark and Morris playing in quite close proximity to, to Adebayo, if Chio was was to be part of that forward three, you'd expect somebody on the opposite flank to play quite wide as well. Um, I think that's definitely definitely an avenue to to hurt Manchester United, especially with what Jamie was saying with the injuries they've currently got. Um, I think also another situation, Jamie, is the the Burke Mengi Mengi one. I think we'll go a bit, we'll, we'll focus in on uh, Mengi in a little bit, but um, I think it's fair to say that he is probably been our best defender this season. Um, that, that might be somewhat of a stretch, but I think he, uh, personally, I think he has been. Um, so that's another situation, but you don't see much uh, deviation from that kind of 3-4-2-1, 3-4-3, do you? No, and I think, I guess to start with the back three, I think if Mengi's fit, then it's a no-brainer. He starts with a Burke. Um, when you go back to the the Mengi, Osho, Bell, back three that's worked so well this season, um, I agree with Finn. I think Kabore goes back in at, at right wing back just to add that bit more of sort of defensive structure and shape um, back there. Not that Chio is bad defensively, but just because Kabore is a natural right wing back and he's he's just used to that position of, of the role. And Chio's first forward always get forward, un understandably, because he's 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 a forward. Um, I actually would probably play Chio on the left of that three, and then Morris on the right with with Eli. So it's still stick with that sort of almost narrow front three, but I think if if you're talking on, on their right-hand side, you've got Lindelof and, and Varane. I think if you've got Doughty and Chio sort of trying to drag Lindelof, you've got, you've got Chio dragging Lindelof in and then you've got Doughty trying to go out, go outside of him. Um, but that might then bring Varane out if 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 Lindelof is is on uh, is on Chio and then suddenly you've got Maguire against Eli in the box one-on-one -on -one for, for, for the cross. Um, so I, I, I think that is what will see us a lot of joy, especially if Lindelof is at right back. Um, Morris on that right, just trying to press Dallow and, uh, and Maguire. I think Maguire, I, I'm personally a fan. Having been at a lot of England games, I think he's been excellent for England and has had some harsh words against him at, at Man United, but I still think he's a very good defender. But 
he can be pressed. I think if you have a, have a centre forward that that can press him really well, um, like Morris can when he's at his game, um, he, he can be put up, put under a lot of pressure, especially in that second half when they're attacking the Oak Road, sort of their their backs are against the the Kenny end. I think if Morris is is pressing Maguire, that can get a, a lot of joy. Um, so I just think that that front three matchup against their sort of right right back, right centre half and left centre half is is what's going to give us that that edge. I think. And before we go on to score predictions and alluded to um, a little bit before, we're going to focus in on a couple of players with United Connections. They are, of course, Tahith Chong and Tiet Mengi. Um, Chong first, he arrived for a fairly sizable fee relative to Luton terms. I think it was a fee around the £4 million mark when he arrived from Birmingham. Of course, a graduate of the Manchester United Academy, a player that that they had high hopes for. Um would you say, Finn, that he's lived up to expectations so far? He started the campaign in that sort of centre mid role um, when we played that three five two, 5 um, and, and more recently has been called on as uh, perhaps our most creative sub player that, that's brought on quite early doors when we're in need of unlocking the defence. Um, an example of that is, is, you know, the last game, Sheffield United, where I think he was very effective in doing that. Would you say so far has lived up to to your personal expectations of, of what you thought when we initially signed him? Um, I wouldn't say he's lived up to the expectations, but I wouldn't say he's been a major flop or disappointment. Um, he came in from Birmingham and everyone was excited. And that was mainly from his performance against us that everyone was excited by. But he is clearly like a very talented player. He's played like 16 times for Manchester United before he left. So he clearly has the ability, and we've seen him with the ability. His creativity and his pace and his directness as well, especially when he comes off the bench, it's a real threat. And I think he is most effective at the moment when he is coming off the bench against slightly more tired legs that might put in the odd rash tackle because he has got very quick feet, um, particularly for his size as well. He's he's not small and he's he gets about a lot. But I think, yeah, he... He's not lived up to expectations as such because he hasn't really hit those heights that some of the other new additions have. But I think he's an effective player and he's turned up in the big moments, like against Liverpool. Um, and t- yeah, it's difficult to say what the impact he's had because a lot of his game time has been off of the bench. So he has seen limited performances. But against Sheffield United, I would say he was probably our best player when he came on. Um, and there's been a few times where he's come off the bench and he has looked a real threat. And Jamie, we've seen Chong in multiple positions. As I as I said, right from the front, he he started the season in that kind of cent- central midfield role. He's played a little bit more advanced centrally. Um, he's played on the left. He's played on the right. Where do you think he's been most effective so far? And and looking ahead to the future, if he was to be a regular starter, where would you see most of his game time come from? I think in this current setup, the only option is in one of those wide roles. Now I think one of the more narrow sort of wide people behind Eli um, I think would suit him fairly well um, and I think Finn Mays is a fair point I mean I was just looking at the stats just just then Ross Finn was talking he's he's played 18 games this season but only started six of which four of those were in our first four league games so he started four out of six four out of his six starts have been when we when we've been at our worst um, so he's not had enough of a shout in terms of minutes um and, and certainly starts um 
So he, he definitely deserves more of a shot before we cast judgments on him, on him as a player. Has he lived up to his £5 million pro, um, price tag so far? No, but I think he definitely deserves a time. And if we stay up ne next year or this year and, and go into the Prem next year, I think he can be one of those players that can, can, can kick on. I think if you, if you look at players, right, I think a lot of players take some time to get, get to the level. I think when... West Ham signed players like Ben Rama. He, he he's not gone up there straight away and and score goals for fun in in his first sort of six twelve months. Likewise, you you see Brentford sign Keen Lewis Potter and Lewis Potter was one of the most highly rated Championship sort of forwards that that there's been and he's gone to Brentford and not really impacted yet. But there's still still a lot of sort of high thoughts behind him as a player. And I think Chong's in that same sort of category that 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 that, that same boat. I think. Give him minutes and just if you just persevere with him, I think he can be a very good player. Um, so ironically, I think was he deciding to make given our given where we were? Probably not. I think we probably needed someone um, that that could have come straight in and, and and impacted in season one. Given I guess the 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 aim to stay up, but I think in the long run, if if we were to to stay up, I think he would impact him and be be a very good signing. And sticking with you, Jamie, in terms of the future, in terms of looking at the rest of the season and probably even beyond that, um, to Heath Chong, for me, he is somebody that, that could be key in addressing this issue that we constantly talk about where we struggle against those sort of low block defences. Someone like Tahith Chong that can receive in between the lines, turn with pace, dribble at defenders, shift to the right, shift to the left. He's the kind of player that, that could help you know, prevent this this issue from being a a major issue. Really, he could be somebody that that you know can find those pockets of space, can find those sort of through balls, like he did against Sheffield United on a couple of occasions. Do you see him being an important part of the future for from the rest of the season and and like beyond in terms of adapting our game, our sort of playing style with how we want to progress as a club? Yeah, definitely. I think he's one of He's probably one of our most technical forwards that we've got in terms of being able to to find that pass and 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 find that that final ball. I think Barkley is very good at it, but he does it from that that deeper position. Um, and I think we need someone that does it from from that little bit higher up. Um, Finn rightly said when he came against Sheffield United, he was probably one of our most um, exciting and and sort of likely players to create something and I mean to be fair he did he, he laid on a plate for Alfie to square it to Eli for for, for two two um, if 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 Dowdy doesn't mess up that that assist and Chong gets like a pre assist or whatever you call it nowadays um, so yeah I, I certainly think our next home game against I don't know who it is at home next is it Forest in terms of that the sort of the sides around us we've got Villa after United and I think it's Forest after that. Against Forrest at home, um, I think we should definitely be thinking about him in terms of st from the start. Um, I think as good as Jordan Clark has been, I think Chong just has that that, that little bit extra, that, that that little bit of magic. Um, I think Clark can give Clark can give you that magic in a game that's um, a bit more of a bats against the wall performance, like Man United. But I think in a game where it's a, um, you have to have the emphasis and and, and have that that proactiveness against a, a lower block. I think Chong's the man for it. And we'll move to the second player that has a United connection, and that is Tita Mengi, who in the summer we we, we signed him. Um, we knew a little bit about him, but I guess there was still a lot of uncertainty as to whether he was Premier League ready. 
and Finn to say that we've been shocked with how quickly he has progressed is probably an understatement at this point. Yeah, he's an absolutely exceptional defender. He's so composed. People talk about defenders being Rolls Royces. He is a Rolls Royce of a defender. He's one of the best players I've seen in that defence in a Luton shirt. Um, if he plays on Sunday, he'll have doubled his career appearances just this season. Before he joined us, he'd made only 21 senior career appearances. And a lot of that was due to injury. You saw a lot of Birmingham and Derby fans saying, oh, he looked good, but he was injured all the time. Um, but he's come to us and he's had a couple of games that he's missed through injury. But the games he has played, and he's played uh, 16 Premier League games for us to date, he's looked like an absolute rock at the back. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's interest for him in the summer. But a player like Ted Amengi, he's I don't think he ever disappoints. He'll perform most weeks. He struggled. The only game I've seen him struggle against, ironically, was in the FA Cup, the sec the replay against Bolton away from home. Adeboyajo caused problems for him. He was slipping around a bit, but generally he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair to say the vast majority of, of the town fan base have been very impressed by by Mengi, what he's contributed so far and. When you consider his age, you just think how much more he has to to give. Of course, injury concerns are an issue with him and, and something that's held him back before. But at 21 years of age and, and you know delivering consistent performances week in, week out, showing the physical profile he, he has um up against you know some of the most physically gifted players in, in sort of English football, and he, he's passed every test with flying colours. Um, and he can play as well. He can play, which is massively important for Rob Edwards, who continues to talk about this transition from being quite direct to, to being a bit more ball orientated. He's very influential in that. And, and you know, I'm hoping we get to see him for many years in the Luton shirt because he has been unbelievable. And, and perhaps his best moments in the Luton shirt sort of mirrored when Manchester United were, were having their struggles at, at centre back. Um, I don't. I, I think this happens, but I might be making it up. There was a point where Johnny Evans and Maguire were playing together, and there was a lot of scrutiny naturally, um, given they had Mengi. They opted to to ship him out, and and you know, by all accounts, I don't know how true this is either. But around the million pound mark, we we, we paid for him, which you know, you look at it now, incredible, incredible business from our behalf awful awful business from from united standpoint and if it comes to the summer and he's still performing the way he is and and interest continues to surface we've got every right to hold a valuation that that is so much higher than that the million pound we made um jamie in terms of what he's done in luton shirt so far and, and how high that ceiling is what kind of valuation what kind of valuation would you be holding out for in summer I think you need to value him in the same ballpark potentially as as a Mark Gaye. I think because I think Mark Gaye has done it for longer. I think he's he's had that 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 level of of performance and consistency for longer. But I think Mengi has a bit more age on his side. If if I'm not wrong, I think Mengi's probably slightly what twenty three, twenty four. Um, so what's that? That's probably the forty million pound mark. I think. I mean, I don't know his contract length, but I think that. Um, that goes a long way, but I, I think to ask for anything less than 30, 
is very very good in terms of the, the buying club and that, that'd be a fantastic deal and i think if if mengi was listed on the market for 25 million in the summer i think there'd be a, there'd be a lot of suitors um especially if you look at those sort of clubs that can spend that money nowadays you've got your west hams can easily drop 25 million you've got brentford can easily drop that sort of money um especially if they if they get an 80 million in for tony um so i think yeah i think he's he's definitely ha if if we're going to incite a bidding war it's got to be got to be in the region of 40. um and as you quite rightly said there bill i think united were just stupid to let him go um you, you get it if there was too much i guess talent there in that side and i think yeah would, would mengi have started for united no because you've got martinez you've got Varan, arguably you've got Maguire as well but he probably would have been happy sat there as fourth to a center half but but you sell him um and bring in johnny evans on a free who got relegated the season pre the, the, the season previous so it's not like it was a center half that had done pretty well he'd, he'd, he'd got relegated for god's sake and now he's you think he's going to do better than mengi now who knows there's probably an argument to say that Mengi wanted to leave and wanted first team football and and then they just thought, you know what, he's one of our own academy. Um let's let's not hold him back and give him a go. Um but you could have promised him 10, 15 games this year to see how see how you do. Um certainly with the cup as well, you've got um teams like May United play upwards of fifty games a season now with all the cups and, and European football that they're in. So he certainly would have got 10, 15 of those. Um, so you you could have said, look, Ted, and one more year, let's let's stick you in as fourth choice at the half and see how you get on. And probably, ironically, he would have been in that team alongside Maguire and may have kept someone like a Varane out for for, for a period of time. Um, especially if he played like he did, uh, or or, or he is for Luton. Um, so May United's losses are gain. Um, and kudos to everyone at Luton for for for, for taking a gamble because it was a gamble. I think I think it, it wasn't a a certain transfer that he would come in and set the world alight. I think he was brought in probably to start with to cover for, for bodies. Um now what happened to Lockyer happened and we have to deal with that and, and Mengi is one of them that stepped up. So discounting Barkley who's just a, a different level and a different specimen, he's probably been one of our most impactful signings this season because he's had to step up because you've had Lockyer who had had that awful situation. You've had who's been out for 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 a fairly long time and is sort of in and out and just just getting back now. Anderson's been out for for a, a good chunk of the season now. Um, so there's been actually quite a bit on a bit of pressure on Mengi to step up and he's 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 done that really well. As you say, there has been that that kind of pressure given the way injuries have fallen and and of course Lockyer's situation as well. The character he has shown has been incredible. You forget he's 21 years of age, the, the maturity and and I guess the the I, I the what he carries on his shoulders in terms of being the main man and that that sort of back line, um, playing in the defense that has to defend more than more than others. Um, not only does he have to be technically there, but he has to be mentally and tactically there, and he has been. He's been absolutely fantastic and he's probably emerged as our, our most important defender this season, which, you know, you, you, you've you got some top performers in there with how Osho's been. Amari Bell's been consistent as well. Um, you, you think of Burke as well, who who might not have had the best of times against Sheffield United, but but largely has been impressive this season. Um, Menge, yeah, it's just one of those that it's very easy to forget he's 21 years of age, um, given 
given the the sort of the stature of performances and and just how good he's been he has been sort of a breath of fresh air we speak about uh, Ross Barkley and the ability he's shown and being on a different level well um defenders get it quite harsh because I don't think they they quite earn the respect they they deserve but but Mengi I think he's his praises have been sung um this season and, and really deserve to be because he has been absolutely excellent um and thank you very much Manchester United because your your loss is our gain and, and we're reaping the rewards of that now Let's go in to some score predictions for Sunday's game. And Finn, I'll start with you. So last time I predicted us to beat a big side, we lost. And then the time before that, when I said we'd lose to a big side, we got a draw. So now I have no idea what to do and I'm feeling a bit superstitious about it all. So I'm going to go with a draw and I'm going to say one all. Fair play. Jamie, um, new new rule for you. Um there were four goals in the last game, eight goals in the game before, and four goals in the game before that. So we're hitting a hitting a requirement of a minimum of four four goals. Where, where's your uh, where's your goals going? Six two. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> my, my heart is saying one 0 Luton. Um, I think, like I said, in terms of sort of that defensive shape, sort of just managing the game really well, and then in, using those last 15, 20 minutes to our advantage. Um, but I think my head rules at the minute and I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go 4-1-0, Luton. I'm going to take your, your first answer. Um, that is mainly because of... I, I do think it's going to be tight. I do think it's going to be competitive. I think there's going to be somewhat of a game plan structured around keeping things tight but I still think we'll press high and we'll try and force mistakes I think it'll be an interesting battle within ourselves to see exactly how, how high we press how many errors we force but I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to follow the recent trend of, of high scoring affairs and then for that reason one nil looting and boy would I take that now what a result that would be all three points sticking at Kenilworth Road well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. A big thank you to everybody watching and listening and continuing to, to like, share these videos and, and subscribing as well. Big thank you to everyone that does that. And we will be back next week after the United game and hopefully it's more free points that we get to chat about. Until then, it's goodbye from us. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.